Find the answers to questions you may or may not have asked yourself here at Kaleidoscience, Conversations on Cognitive Science, hosted by Elisa Palmer and Sönke Löw. Before we start with our actual first episode, a short disclaimer. This episode was created in several separate recordings because after the first recording was done, we realized that things are a bit hard to follow at some points and that sometimes it was for us quite clear why we decided to do a certain order that when we listened to the recording, we realized, no, for someone who is not in the topic, it's really hard to understand what we are talking about. This is why we restructured the first episode and added some more bits. So if you listen to this episode and it appears a bit redundant or you hear things twice and they seem like they've been introduced twice, this is why. Cognitive science is a field which consists of several different topics and all of these are considered to be what makes cognitive science cognitive science. Those parts are philosophy, psychology, artificial intelligence, neuroscience, linguistics and anthropology meant in the classical sense, but there are also some more topics you can do at the University of Osnabrück or also other universities which do belong to the field of cognitive science. Uh, we're going to talk about those subjects, at least those we have covered in the bachelor's in Osnabrück a bit, to make it a bit more clear what, well, what is meant by the terms. Now we are going to talk about the different fields that you can study at our university. And one of those fields would be mathematics. And that is probably relevant for most sciences, as some people consider mathematics to be the language of the universe. And um, so that is very helpful for all different aspects of cognitive science, especially for artificial neural networks, their linear Algebra is like the basic foundation of it and you really need to understand those basics in order to be successful in this field. Additionally, we have computer science, which is also uh, very useful for especially the part with artificial neural networks and artificial intelligence in general, and also probably for the way we approach linguistics because we are focusing on computational linguistics at our university. Another field that you can study is artificial intelligence and that is just what the name suggests. It basically goes through different methods that you can use in order to achieve artificial intelligence and it also tackles the topic on a more general level. So what is artificial intelligence, what isn't and you really learn some of the basics and If you are willing to do so, you can go into much more detail there. And furthermore, we have also neuroinformatics or machine learning. This is also like a computational approach to neurobiology in some sense, because you can focus, for example, on the computational power of a single neuron and describe that mathematically or from a computer science perspective. And machine learning is somehow a subpart of artificial intelligence, but at our university it is separated into a different category and it also tries to mimic like the human learning process in terms of machine computation. Another module that you can study at our university is computational and psycholinguistics. And in this field you can study how the 
human brain processes and learns speech and how you can try to replicate that with computers. In neuroscience, we have the opportunity to look into three different really basic fields and do two of those. Um, and in those topics, as students learn basic things about how a neuron works, how the brain in general works, what action potentials are. So it's really basic neuroscience and is more or less the foundation of, well, what is known about the brain. Um, there are some courses which students can take, which go a bit more into detail and focus a bit more on, for example, the visual cortex and how vision works or how motor function works. But those are a bit more advanced courses. When it comes to psychology, we mainly focus on the cognitive and the neuropsychology part. It's a bit hard to explain what that means exactly, because it's not really what maybe might come first to mind when you hear the term psychology. So what you might think of first is that you think of a disease or of how to treat diseases, but that's not really what we do in our studies. We more look at how humans behave in general, how maybe the structure of the brain correlates or causes certain behaviors and also for example where certain emotions come into play in the brain and how we how the thinking in general might work we don't have an answer to that yet but we think about that quite a lot philosophy is mainly of mind when you put it really simple that means that in philosophy we think about what thinking is about what mental processes are. But we also cover topics such as artificial intelligence, especially, for example, the part of ethics in artificial intelligence. Um, philosophy at our department deals with a lot of theoretical topics, but also topics which are quite easy to grasp, such as philosophy of emotions or philosophy behind um, certain decision-making. So there we're also going to cover quite a broad field of different aspects. One module that wouldn't belong to cognitive science in the classical way, which we do at our university, is the module of methods of cognitive science. In the methods module, we get the chance to look into different parts of scientific work. For example, we learn how good um, research works or how to conduct a study or how to do statistics. Um, also, some parts of programming could be counted into methods of cognitive science. So it's a bit a mix between, well, it's maybe a bit the connection between the things you hear and learn in courses and understanding on how to interpret them. We decided in order to cover or to make it a bit more graspable for everyone who hasn't yet heard of the topic to go into the history a bit and to dive into the evolution or into how cognitive science was founded and why it's so interesting nowadays or why it might have even been always interesting. You could say that one could trace back cognitive science to even to Plato and Aristotle. They, I guess most people have heard of those two guys. They were ancient Greek philosophers and um, mathematicians and also did astrology, if I'm not much mistaken. I mean, back then you were basically just a scientist and did everything, I guess. But yeah. yeah, true, true. So you could say that they were already quite a lot of those things cognitive science covers now. Or at least they were 
those widespread individuals who did everything. However, when you look at today's definition, uh, which you can, for example, find in the Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy, cognitive science is described as the interdisciplinary study of mind and intelligence, embracing philosophy, psychology, artificial intelligence, neuroscience, linguistics, and anthropology. This has quite a lot of um, similarities to the so-called Sloan hexagon, which is a hexagon giving all the different disciplines that are covered in cognitive science. However, in the original um, Sloan hexagon from 1978, there was computer science instead of AI. But this has quite a lot changed until today. But I would say, or it can be argued, that cognitive science is even older than this uh, hexagon, which first gave a structure or a connection to all the, of all the different disciplines. And we now are going to trace back to how it came to the hexagon. Yes, so um, cognitive science uh, as like the discipline itself is probably only really known since the 70s, um, but the roots started like two decades earlier. So in the 1950s, psychology was mainly based on behaviorism. And the idea of behaviorism is that everything should be studied in terms of the stimulus and the emerging response from an organism. So um, there was like a lot of experiments with rats and only the input and the response was uh, measured and um, they were trying to formulate rules based on the stimulus and response patterns. Um, there is a very famous example that a lot of people probably know. It's the Pavlov uh, conditioning. So the idea was that there is an experiment uh, with a dog who always hears the bell when food is served. And um, the mouth of the dog starts watering once the uh, stimulus of the bell is matched to the uh, to the food. So whenever the dog sees food and hears the bell, the dog's mouth starts watering. And after some time, the dog has learned that the sound of the bell is a trigger for food and then automatically whenever the dog hears the bell the uh, mouth starts watering and kind of they argued that this is a proof for every uh, output which you perceive or every response you see is just uh, learned by um, by constant um, repetition and is then automatically uh, replayed later on. Exactly. And um, they were not really considering anything between like the stimulus and the response. So they kind of argued that there are no mental processes taking place between those two things and um, probably um, correlated with the emergence of computing. Um, there were like a few doubts about, about this hypothesis. And in September of 1956, the um, a new interest group formed um, that had some very uh, important names for the field of cognitive science, Alan Newell, Herbert Simon, and Noam Chomsky. And um, they were criticizing the idea of behaviorism and were saying that there is something in the black box between stimulus and response and that this is especially interesting and not just like some byproduct or something that should be disregarded. 
So in the 1960s and 70s, um, there was a center for cognitive studies founded and they were focusing on a language, for example, and visual imagery and um, the whole idea of uh, attention and memory. And um, then in the 1970s, the term cognitive science was coined by Christopher Longo Higgins. And in 1977, the Journal of Cognitive Science was founded. And that is also like a very um, important step towards establishing a new research field. So um, having its own journal with the name cognitive science on it was like really, really important for uh, the foundation of the of the research field and uh, that's why we consider like cognitive science being founded like in the 1970s. Also later in the 1970s in 1979 the uh, Cognitive Science Society met for the first time and um, yeah that already shows like how big the interest in that new emerging research field was and um, that there was a lot of topics to be discussed. So to summarize that by in the time between 1950 and 1980, the whole view of how mental processes happen changed quite drastically from behaviorism to have, trying to look into this black box, which has before always been denied. And by the 1980s, cognitive science has developed as an institutional profile, which, hooray, or happily, we can still study today. Um, however, one could ask why uh, cognitive science got the notion of cognitive rather than other terms which could have been used um, otherwise. And I think, Zunke, you've uh, learned a bit more than I did about that topic. So can you maybe elaborate that a bit? Uh, so, of course, there is a famous quote from Miller from 1986. And um, he was one of the people who were involved in the center of cognitive studies. And um, he kind of answered why they chose the term cognitive. And so the quote reads, in reaching back for the word cognitive, I don't think anyone was intentionally excluding volition or conation or emotion. In using the word cognition, we were setting ourselves off from behaviorism. We wanted something that was mental, but mental psychology seemed terribly redundant. So this quote already illustrates that um, it's really hard to grasp uh, the whole field with a single term and um, that there are probably a lot of aspects that don't really come to mind if you hear the term cognitive science. But as, as he stated, uh, they could have chosen other possible names, but cognitive science was the one that was distinct enough from everything else and covered the most ground, I guess. Yeah, I guess like when you see it from today's perspective today, the whole part of AI is getting more and more important as well, isn't it? Because I feel like in the past it was more focusing on the actual thinking process and a bit less on computers and a bit less on smart, smart, like you have to be careful with how you're naming artificial intelligences. But I think in the past, it wasn't that much of a topic. Um, it became more popular for sure. But I think looking back, a cognition also includes a bit more of the whole thing because cognition is, I feel like today argued to also take place in quite strong AI, for example, in neural networks, which are, um, for those who are not out of the field of cognitive science, the idea of neural networks is to mimic the, um, the human brain 
by an algorithm. So to have algorithms that have similar learning patterns as the human brain is thought to have. So I feel like giving it a um, term that is not that much dependent maybe on the human such as emotion has opened the field a bit more than it could have been otherwise. Also there is the sandwich model of uh, <laughs> cognition where cognition is kind of seen as a sandwich. Um, you cannot picture in your head a normal sandwich which has a bottom layer filling and a top layer and it's kind of argued that the basis and the bottom of the bread is the perception. Uh, the filling is the cognition and the top of bread is the action. So in a way the cognition mediates uh, between the perception and the action which is different to the behaviorism which Zünke explained a bit earlier which has been present until the 1950s. Uh, first of all in the terms being used because in um, behaviorism they only use the term stimulus and response And now we have um, perception and action. And also um, adds the cognition in between, which was totally denied in the behaviorism. So the behaviorism just basically said, oh, there's a stimulus, something is happening. And immediately, without any processing, there's a response happening. And after the 1950s, um, it changed with the cognitive revolution to adding something in between, which is cognition. And kind of cognition is this mysterious black box maybe which is in between seeing or perceiving something and reacting on it which has been an issue of interest in the past which might always be an issue of interest and which is maybe what cognitive science is mostly about so it's mostly about this what is happening between perceiving something and acting on it and this can be in animals such as the human being or also in an algorithm so As you see, it's quite complex. It's quite hard to cover what cognitive science is. Also to the uh, sandwich model of cognition, uh, I'm not sure if it's like a conscious decision, but when it first was introduced to me by one of the lecturers, he pointed out that like if you eat a sandwich, uh, you don't eat it for the bread, but you kind of eat it for the filling in the middle. And that somehow elevates like... Um, how nice and important and enjoyable like cognitive science is, why behaviorism was only focusing on the bread and having nothing in between, and that would be like a very boring sandwich. Yeah, that's true. Like, then you would just have bread. I mean, bread can be nice when you're from Germany, but it, it's better to have a filling. Um, so just to wrap it up in a few sentences, um, Cognitive science in its current form is a rather new discipline when you compare it to the traditional forms of mathematics or astrology, which have been present in the ancient Greek. But cognitive science as itself, with the term cognitive science, hasn't. It has just evolved over the past century and is still evolving and changing quite a lot. And again, maybe to further point out why we think it is useful for us to have another podcast on this topic. Um, first of all, we want to make the really fascinating world of cognitive science more accessible to a lot of people. And then also we think that not only ourselves think that it's a fascinating topic, but it's like a general topic that always is in the public discourse, but never really gets the term cognitive science. So there are a lot of um, questions that a lot of people ask themselves um, 
So, for example, like where does consciousness come from? Those are topics that I think a lot of people think about, but never really discuss under the term cognitive science. Also, there's a lot of discussion about AI right now, but again, the term cognitive science rarely comes up in that context. Um, so we want to maybe get the name cognitive science out there and give the discussions surrounding it like the, the proper label from our perspective. And uh, yeah, we also want to um, present different, different aspects and different views uh, that people bring to the field of cognitive science and um, or that people br bring from the field of cognitive science to their specific topics. And additionally, we want to make the whole field more graspable because like if you are on, on a family function and you tell your relatives you are studying cognitive science, they're always like, sounds cool, but what is it? Well, they even think that you always change your studies and are like, oh, I thought you studied that, but now you're studying this. How did that happen? And you're like, it's still the same, actually, just different aspects of it. Exactly. And uh, I think one final motivation for us is to learn about the many fascinating projects that are going on in and around the University of Osnabrück, because there are always a lot of different projects and it's really hard to, to keep an overview and really um, know what people are doing. You always think like, oh, that's cool, but you don't really get into it what they are doing right now. So we do it like selfishly. We want to, to learn about the different projects. Exactly. And also kind of expand our horizon a bit more, which can never be a bad idea. This podcast is called Kaleido Science, Conversations on Cognitive Science. We came to the idea to call the podcast Kaleido Science in relation to Kaleidoscope. So we had the picture of a kaleidoscope. Always when you see something through the kaleidoscope, it always changes when you move a bit. And that's a bit what also happens on cognitive science. In cognitive science, you can view a single topic from very um, different perspectives. And always when you change your perspective just a tiny bit, you see different um, things, you see different patterns, you see different pictures. And that's one of the amazing parts of this field. We've been playing around with the names quite a lot. We've been thinking about um, longer names, shorter names, and ended with merging kaleidoscope and science, uh, resulting in kaleidoscience. Also, to make clear which topic we talk about, which is cognitive science, we wanted this name in the uh, second part of the title. And this is why we resulted in kaleidoscience, conversations on cognitive science. We've heard quite a lot about what cognitive science is now, and also why we think it's relevant to have a podcast about it. And, well, the idea of this podcast especially is that we do interviews with people working in different fields of cognitive science. We invite them to talk about their topic, to talk about what they are fascinated by, to talk about why it might be relevant for all of us, why it's a topic of public discourse, or why, well, why they think that's This topic is something we should consider a bit more. We aim to make the whole field of cognitive science a bit more visible and catch the spark of excitement, which often happens when people start talking about their project. Also, for us personally, it is well an aim to start some more communication about the science of cognitive science, because we feel like There's quite little science communication in this specific field and we would like to make it more visible.
This was Kaleidoscience, hosted by Elisa Palme and Sönke Löw. Produced by Alina Ohnesorge, Elisa Palme, Sönke Löw and Sophie Kühne. Produced in collaboration with the Cognitive Science Student Journal. The music was produced by Jan Lukas Schröder. The logo was designed by Annika Richter. Thank you for listening and joining us on our journey through conversations on cognitive science.